2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 208. Who cares? I'm Jimmy Kemski with, uh, who do I work for? phillyvoice.com. With Ooh. me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggradenation.com. Brandon, a lot to get to, I think. We had a game. We had a, a spirited,
1: quote-unquote, practice in the bubble on Sunday evening. How are you doing, buddy? Jimmy, there's so much to get to. I can't even tell you how I'm doing. We'll never know. But <laughs> uh, before we get into the pod, obviously, write to on craft You go there. Right to sell.com. Just go BDN 15 for 15% off. Uh, Jimmy, we'll do our normal bat it back and forth uh, format, I feel like, with our takeaways. Um, I guess, do you want to start with the game first? Or you yeah, not let's do that. All?
2: I mean, the big thing from the game, obviously, was that Jalen Hurts was the su- the surprise scratch. Uh, after he became a surprise scratch, they just said, okay, well, Lane, you're not playing, and uh, neither are you, Jason Kelsey, and neither are you, Brandon Brooks. And it was basically just Jordan Mailata. Uh, Isaac Samuelo and backup uh, offensive lineman thereafter and then uh, defensively I don't think they were going to these guys are going to play anyway I don't think Jalen Hurts' absence affected these guys in any way but the entire uh, starting defensive line uh, didn't play in addition to a couple of their top, um, you know, reserves, whether you want to call Derek Barnett or Josh Wetter reserve. Uh, and then also Kerrigan didn't play. And I don't know if I'm missing somebody there, but they're missing a lot of guys in that game and it showed and they got, they got their asses handed to them, but to the tune of 35 to nothing. And it was just a really, really ugly and also kind of boring hmm. preseason game to watch. And I think that, you know, you know, you and I have, have uh, talked at length about the Joe Flacco signing this offseason, but I think uh, we sort of saw what it will look like if uh, Jalen Hurts is missing for any period of time during the season, whether that be to injury or whatever. Uh, I think because that's pretty much what he looked like in that game looked a lot like what he looked like at times last year when he played for the
1: Jets. Jimmy, I think it was the worst preseason game. I've ever watched. In <laughs> really? In terms of like yeah, I mean the takeaways were limited. It was so boring, like you said. Uh so I'll, it was really I'll, bad. Hold
2: on, I'll cut let me cut you off real quick there. I would say that I've seen some worse fourth preseason games, like the the like the throwaway game, the scrub game. I would agree that this is the worst preseason game that I've ever seen where like, you know, it wasn't just all third stringers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of goes into it. You know, my expectations for those games are lower. You know, this one, yeah. there were some starters <laughs> yeah. and, and for as like, I know like we can say that the starters weren't playing as a, a whole and that's true, but like some of the players or a good amount of players who were playing against the Patriots like are going to be on this team. Yeah, they're going to be contributors for sure. It's not like, uh, I don't think it's time to press the panic button because of that loss, but it's not like totally irrelevant and like it holds no meaning at all. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway, as we say, and we reiterate here, is that, you know, keeping people healthy is the biggest goal. So, you know, they accomplished that, at least. That is a positive. You know, they didn't have any key players get hurt. The Jalen Hurts thing was weird, Jimmy. Uh, going into Thursday's preseason game, you know me, I'm, I'm big on the vibes. I, I'm, I'm all, like, that's, that's what I put a lot of stock into, how things feel. And going into Thursday, it felt like things were kind of trending positively. Yeah. The Eagles -hmm. Eagles have these good practices against the Patriots. I was kind of almost like ready to write something about this, but I kind of wanted to see how the game would go. So I was thinking, like, you know, maybe they can build on this and they'll even have another kind of nice preseason game, kind of like they had against the Steelers. But then they didn't. And then the Hurts thing was just weird. And then like the vibes were thrown off. And, uh, Seamus and Jess had touched on this on the BGN radio, uh, post game show. But, um, but yeah, that, that was just my takeaway from the weirdness of that all with hurts and everything. Um, but my biggest observation from the game itself, my biggest takeaway, I mean, what could it else could it be than Devontae Smith, Jimmy, who, right, look, didn't get off to the best start ever. He had a couple drops. Now, you know, I don't think they were all his fault in terms of like the first one, Joe Flacco got the ball out late. The second one was admittedly Devontae Smith's fault. Didn't get his head turned around. Although, in fairness, I don't think he's even like worked with Joe Flacco a lot in practice because Devontae's usually running with the ones. He probably anyway.
2: hasn't worked with him at all in practice, Yeah, if at all. Because so Joe like, Flacco hasn't gotten any first team reps, right. and I don't think Devontae Smith has gotten any second or third team reps.
1: Yep, and you know, even if they have, it wouldn't have been recently. It would have been earlier in camp, if anything. Right. So I'm not, you know, I'm not really putting a lot into that one. Um, and then well, he just the, that
2: he played at all was kind of a pleasant surprise.
1: Sure. And I thought he looked good. Like, I know the, the numbers and whatever, or the drops are like, it's not about that. Like, just look at the routes he ran. Like, the way he got off the line of scrimmage. I mean, there was that clip going around from Nate Tice. Who put out like the clips of both Jalen Rager and, uh, Devontae Smith running like the same routes on the boundary. And you just see Devontae, like you just can't even get a hand on him. And that's, that's, I think a big reason why we talk about like, I'm just not concerned about his size and press coverage and everything. Like cornerbacks can't get their hands on him. Like he is like, he's just not going to let you touch him. He, he looked really good as a route runner. And even though it wasn't this monster performance, I'm like very encouraged by him.
2: Yeah. So he played mostly the exposition. Um, up, a line, up a line of scrimmage, which, you know, if you're going to play that position in the NFL, you got to be able to consistently beat press coverage. And uh, I thought he did that. Like, you know, you see a lot of bigger players play in that spot, but smaller guys can do it too if they can be pressed with, you know, footwork and quickness. And deception. And I think those are things that he's good at. So, um, when you look at sort of the way the Eagles wide receiver configuration is, is the way that it's going to be heading into this season, um, he's probably going to be the X. And then I would say Rager is probably going to be in the slot. Uh, he'll also <laughs> probably get some looks at the Z position and Quez Watkins can maybe, uh, like, Quez Watkins isn't likely to play, you know, the X position, uh, but he can play the Z and he mm-hmm. can play some slot too. So yeah. if those are the three guys that are your starters, That's a lot of speed on the field. It's just they don't have that bigger receiver. And actually, I don't know if we can move on to point number two here. But uh, my next thing was going to be that – or point number three was going to be that Travis Fulgham's had a pretty bad camp. And he's done nothing in the – Did he? I don't think he's had any catches in either of the two games so far. Um, He's had one target, yeah. And he just hasn't made plays. Uh, He's left plays on the field. And I thought that like heading into this training camp, it was sort of – like he sort of had to beat out – Greg Ward to mm-hmm. me, which in my opinion was sort of a low bar uh, given Greg. I mean, Greg Ward has, has been a guy that, you know, he's done something that many Eagles receivers over the last half decade haven't been able to do, which is actually catch the football. But he's wholly unthreatening as a guy that's going to get yards after the catch and as a downfield target. So he's a guy that's very easily replaceable in my opinion. And I thought that it was a low bar for Travis Fulgham to come in and show that he deserved more playing time over a guy like Greg Ward. Now, since that time, uh, Quez Watkins has, you know, made huge strides forward and has clearly passed Fulgham. And I don't think that Fulgham's done anything to warrant playing time over Greg Ward, uh, which again is, was, was sort of a low bar for him to try to clear. And, um, you know, I don't think he's any threat at this point to be a starter. He shouldn't be. And uh, you know, those three guys that I mentioned, rager Rager, uh, Smith and and uh and Watkins, they're probably gonna be your three starters uh heading into this season at, at the wide receiver position. Just huge upset for for Fulgham, who, in my opinion, like not only has probably lost the you know, a starting spot, but also could be in danger of just not even making the team at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of remember thinking that was possible. Like going into the offseason, I could see like an outcome where you know the concerns that basically got him uh, in the doghouse last year kind of like continued and mm-hmm. and carried over. And I think you asked me like what, what what percentage chance I thought he would have
2: of not making the team. Yeah, like I had him as like a near. I think I probably had it around like like two percent,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, that that might wind up being wrong.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. Still, I I still have him on my latest fifty three, but yeah, we'll see. Um. But, yeah, it's not great for him. Uh, my next one, Jimmy, would be Kenny Gainwell. I think he's looked a lot better in the preseason games than mm-hmm. he has so far uh, in the practices that we've seen. And specifically, we obviously knew he kind of had a pass-catching background, but he's been decent as a runner, too, which is yes. good to see. Um, now, he, I don't think he's really gone up against starters, or at least many starters. I guess he did maybe early against the Patriots, but um beyond that hasn't done so, you know, there's still a lot to prove there. And I still think uh, Boston Scott might be ahead of him at the beginning of the season, but I don't know. Now I'm kind of rethinking like he might have more of like a, he, he'll have like some kind of role player, like very limited touch kind of role. Um, yeah. So I think he's been kind of one of the nice bright spots of the preseason.
2: They did show on that, I think it was the first offensive play of the game uh, against the Patriots, they had him and Miles Sanders on the field uh, at the same time, which I'm not huge on two wide receiver or excuse me two uh running back sets like I don't see the like, a huge advantage to that but they did show it so uh, it's something it's another way that they can possibly use him like you would only do that if the you know if, if one of those running backs like is a legit like weapon like like has like you know NFL wide receiver slot skills, like can like could actually play the slot at wide receiver in the NFL. So maybe he can be that. But uh yeah, as you mentioned, he he's been better in the games than than what we saw early in practice. And, you know, I think we had noted on the podcast previously he he was a COVID opt-out last year. So he hasn't played football in a long time. And uh, you know, maybe there was some rust for him to to sort of knock off. But uh he had a broken tackle um in I think the Steelers game. I think he had another one against the Patriots. So he's not like this guy that you breathe on and he's going to go down like uh like a Donnell Pumphrey for example like you actually do have to bring him down if you're going to get him to the ground so um yeah that that was encouraging to see and and uh the other thing I'll note too is I and I didn't go back and look for it but uh Nick Sirianni had mentioned uh, I think it was during the Steelers game yeah. that uh he chipped a, a defensive end coming off the edge and yeah. uh sort of made that guy think twice uh, on his next pass rush about kind of coming hard off the edge, so uh yeah, encouraging signs for him that he's not just a guy that can that, that has some speed and that can catch the ball but also has you know a little bit of a physical element to his game as well
1: uh anything else from the game for you
2: uh no. I mean, it was, it's just so – like, there are there portions during the second half of the game where I was just writing, like, my mm. post-game thing and just not even paying attention to the game at all. Like, that's how bad it had sort of become. And at that point in the game, it was basically just, you know, a lot of guys that probably aren't going to be on the team at that point. So – uh, yeah, I think we can just probably move past that game and, uh, and, uh, or do, have you, do you have anything, things. do you have anything more?
1: Okay. Just like, it's like kind of like, uh, potpourri here. I'll just run through some okay. things. Milton Williams drew two holding penalties. That's nice. Continues to so yeah. promise as edge rusher. Uh, Aaron Sipas has up to nine preseason punts, Jimmy, for a 52.5 average for perspective. Uh, Corey Bo, 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 Bo-, Bo- I can't say his last name. Corey B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> led the, the NFL yeah I, I don't know why I couldn't say that uh, i don't I don't
2: know if that's right either, but I just know how what it looks like on paper.
1: He led the league in punting average last year at fifty point eight now obviously okay. Sipos is going to retain that rate, but still he's at a really good average as the point uh I think he's like ninth in preseason net average so Sipos, I think has won the job uh I have what else I'm scrolling through here I have uh Joe Flacco. His stats, Jimmy, outside of the Quez Watkins touchdown, you know, which is like <laughs> a very short right. pass that was turned into a touchdown. Like he's only a nineteen of thirty-three, so a fifty seven point six completion for a hundred and eighty two yards, five point five average, zero touchdown, one interception, and a sixty point four passer rating. So we kinda already touched on Flacco, but I just kinda wanted to contextualize that a little bit more. Uh Zach McPherson has struggled in the preseason. Uh, clearly, hasn't had the success. Yeah, that a he's rough had in game the he did. And then I had Rager down here in my loser section too, from the game just because it's just like he, he had three targets, he had 5 yards. I think the catch he made was nice cuz he got sandwiched by two defenders and he mm-hmm. held on, but like we're just not like seeing anything from him. And I know I know like I don't think that fourth and 4 was totally his fault, but I did like he couldn't create separation. I feel like he got like de like derailed by the corner on that play. Like the corner got his hands on him and th- like knocked him off his route. Um just haven't seen you know what we wanted to see from rager in the game so that was disappointing and then i kind of i also had jordan howard in here in my losers jimmy um i don't know if you saw that did you see that uh play where it was like third and one and they ran it and howard oh, had he the had ball hole and, and, and yeah. it's like, like i was so confused <laughs> watching right that line, replay yeah. i'm like yeah. like what happened here Like he just like stopped like yeah he, yeah. he couldn't hit the hole hard enough and like that's supposed to be his like bread and butter is like you know short his ability yards and as everything. a short
2: yardage runner is uh, I believe a little overstated. Hmm. Last year in particular, like I actually looked at like what his numbers were in those short yardage situations, and he was he was really bad uh, last year with the Dolphins, and then um, he didn't really have many carries at all with the Eagles last year after they acquired him like mid-season. But um, I think that that's a little bit of a of sort of like I'm what were, what what he used to be like like you know what he was the year when he was good uh, with the Eagles and when he was with the Bears like he was that guy but i don't think he's that guy i don't think he's i don't think he's like i don't i don't think he should really be on a roster anymore i don't know if that's unfair to say but wow. um i think there are better options than jordan howard and but he seems to be a guy that's going to make the team based <sighs> on uh you know what we've seen both in practice and in uh, the games in terms of like where he is on the depth chart.
1: So that's that's insane, Jimmy. It's insane that a guy who like hasn't been or the way I'll phrase it is that he was able to be on a roster after the Dolphins cut him in November and wasn't until the Eagles signed him, uh, I believe, in April mm-hmm. earlier this year, like re-signed him. Like, he was able to join a roster. Now, to clarify, he was on the Eagles practice squad last season. He wasn't actually on their roster. So any team really wanted him. Oh, right. They just elevated him for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like any team could have signed him at any time and they didn't. So it wouldn't make sense to me for the Eagles to then (laughs) keep him on their roster during final cuts because there's no, like, there's no indication that any team would sign him. Like you can just cut him and then bring him back if you really want to at a later date when you make roster moves, which I think we should touch on a little bit here next with Tyree Jackson. Uh, we even podcasted since uh, his injury, Jimmy. Oh, is that right? Uh, okay. Well, we we saw it happen on Tuesday's practice right in front of us, but we were like, we thought he might be okay because he didn't really get evaluated or he didn't like leave practice at all. But turns mm-hmm. out that he's out. These are actually calling him quote month to month, which is like, you know, in the end of last Peterson year, that, that would meant he's yeah. like
2: basically on his deathbed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of interesting because. We all thought he's going to make the roster He's the number three tight end, and he still might make the original 53-man roster if you want to put him on injured reserve because you can't put him on injured reserve until the 53-man roster, that original 53 You can't do it now or you else he's put, out so for the entire if you season. Put,
2: you can. If you put him on injured reserve now, he's done for the year. Yeah. If you put him on injured reserve after 53-man cutdowns, you can put him on the short term where he only has to stay on for three weeks.
1: Yeah, and then I think his, his projected timeline, if you go off the 8, 10 weeks, is like mid-October or so, mm-hmm. sometime in October. So, you know, that's like a decent amount of time um, that you could have him back for if he does get healthy in time. So, uh, I feel like they should do that. But um Yeah, I think he's still going to make the original 53-man roster because I do think that...
2: So, like, I, I agree with the sentiment that some people have that, like, the idea that uh, a guy getting to practice with the team all year is a little overrated. Um but i think in his case there is something to be said for you know sure. practicing with the team all year because he's learning a new position and then uh, additionally like i think he can actually maybe help the team uh, later in the season so you know he got hurt with 3 re- with 3 weeks until the start of the season so i mean he would if he does come back on the short end of that projected time frame uh, at eight weeks, as opposed to ten, then he'll be back after week five. So I think he's. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey they kept on <laughs> they kept on the roster <laughs> for ten weeks last year uh, instead of just leaving him on the pup list. So mm-hmm. I mean, for a guy like Tyree Jackson, certainly they're not going to like cut him and try to bring him back on the practice squad or anything like that. Like it's either going to be long term IR or short term IR. They're not going to expose him to other teams around the league. And I think if they were going to put him on long term long term IR, they probably would have already done it. And yeah. also, we probably wouldn't have gotten a time frame from the Eagles at all for his return. They just wouldn't have mm-hmm. told us like what his time frame for return was going to be. Uh, so I think he's going to make the team and he's just going to, he's going to be back on the, he's going to play at some point, uh you know, later this season, whether that uh, they'll have a ramp up period. I'm sure once he's ready to go, I think they'll throw him right into a, a regular season game. But I think, you know, around like week eight, nine, something like that. I think we might actually see him in a game and, and potentially contribute.
1: Well, around that time, Jimmy is the NFL trade deadline, mm-hmm. or at least kind of around there. And my new theory on Zach Ertz, Jimmy, is that the Eagles are keeping him. You buying some time? <laughs> yeah, they're they're trying to make a decision. Uh, to, well, one in part because, as we've said before, usually it can be or is a seller's market by the deadline, yeah. so there might be you know, and his, Zach Ertz's value might never be higher then until that point uh, at the deadline and a team you know has an injury or they think they're like one piece away so you can kind of uh get something for him at that point point. and i think it's kind of gives the eagles more time as you're saying in terms of like hey if we're good we'll just keep them for the rest of the year cuz we like what you know we're doing so far or if they're not it's like okay then we can just sell him and we can try to get max value so that's my new theory on that and that would also kind of be uh, a coinciding uh factor or whatever you want to call it with Tyree Jackson returning. Like you could ship out Ertz and then you could activate Jackson around that point. So that's just the thought that I had. And the last thing I had in the game, real quick, is that uh Kayvon Wallace got hurt again. He re-aggravated his groin. Kayvon Wallace, who kind of trash talked to Cam Newton, as we last mentioned, calling him the check down king, and then Cam fired back at him, uh, and Kayvon Wallace obviously was responsible in part for giving up that completion, which led to a touchdown for the Patriots, so uh, not the best for Kayvon as he continues to miss time here and kind of loses ground in that safety battle, but yeah, Cam, that's all I have Cam called
2: game. him Glitter uh, yeah. because he associated hmm. Glitter with cheerleaders, hmm. and he associated cheerleaders with watching from the sideline, which is what... Wallace did for the, the practices and he got ready for the game and played in the game. I didn't think that that touchdown was on him necessarily. Mm, like it, it looked like they were in zone coverage and he was in the general vicinity, but it was okay. So like, yeah, I mean, that might've been, you know, his zone or whatever, but I wouldn't say that like, it's not the, only the, on the him. way that the, that the new England reporters were treating that play <laughs> as if like, he had gotten torched on like some deep route or something it was ridiculous yeah <laughs> like he like he can also first of all like it's a preseason game <laughs> like uh-huh. like it's not like uh any big point was proven there uh but uh,
1: whatever <laughs> all right so that's it from the game why don't we take a break here yeah. Jimmy, and then we'll get into the practice that the Eagles had on Sunday Evening, but not before you tell me about Kristen Roach or Roach Villers, But bef- not before I tell you, Jimmy, about Righteous Fellen Craft Turkey. Go to RighteousFellenCraftTurkey dot com or RighteousFellen dot Actually, the other one won't work. righteous Use discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off the best dang meat snacks you can get for yourself and other non meat snacks and other things they have. You can check it out at the site for yourself to see what they have and why I talk about it so much. It's good, Jimmy. How do I contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors?
2: Her phone number is 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, contact her again, 856-906-9295. Or go to com. Brandon? Back after this
1: Uh, here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, let's get to the notes that we had from the Eagles practice on Sunday evening, which originally was supposed to be at Lincoln Financial Field. It was supposed to be their second public practice. Uh, it did not happen that way because there was a threat of rain in the forecast and didn't end up raining. Um, so kind of unfortunate, I guess, in that regard. But the Eagles nevertheless practice indoors at their indoor bubble which is a limited practice facility it's, this is not a full football field how long is it Jimmy? it's like what 80 it's, yards or something uh, I think it's not it's, a full field
2: i think it's 60 yards plus the uh end
1: zone okay so it's yeah, small not like, quite- it, like
2: you look at that bubble compared to like um the only other nfl practice bubble i've been to is the giants um mm-hmm. and it's huge it's a full field and they have room full field with you know full end zone so 120 yards plus room to spare uh, and it's like it's monstrous yeah. in compared to the eagles which is a weird thing like when yes. chip kelly showed up to philadelphia he was like, <laughs> he was like what is this crap? Like, <laughs> you know, like the facilities at Oregon were, were better in, at least in terms of the indoor practice, uh, bubble. So, uh, yeah, they don't want to practice there. They, they want to practice outside as much as they possibly can. And they normally will, uh, it, even if like there's, you know, some rain or whatever, but, uh, with Harry, excuse me, tropical storm, uh, Henri coming and going, mm. uh, it actually wasn't raining during the practice itself. I guess they just weren't. You know, I, 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 guess they didn't want to, I don't know if there was like a the decision was made, like the optics of moving, <laughs> of moving the practice yeah. from like the open yeah. practice at the stadium in front of the fans to just a practice outside instead somewhere else. I think that would have, you know, maybe pissed off a lot of people. Uh, so they just kept it inside because it wasn't raining during the practice. So, uh, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Normally the practice bubble practices are like useless I don't want to say useless but they're very boring from our mm-hmm. perspective like we don't get to see like a lot of like fun action going on, but I felt like this was a very fun semi intense kind of spirited practice.
1: I would agree with that characterization, Jimmy. It had definitely had an up-tempo pace to it all. The Eagles were working on situational football for the first time in my time covering the Eagles, Jimmy. Uh, it was interesting to hear a head coach call out the downs and distances, uh, like yeah. Nick Sirianni <laughs> right. was doing. With the megaphone. And, and some other things. You yeah, have the megaphone, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, my biggest takeaway from the practice, Jimmy, is first of all that Jalen Hurts was back, which is important to note. Yes. And he... Like, Because that was, you know, somewhat of a concern because Adam Schefter had said uh that he had a stomach infection, which is why he missed the game on Thursday, and that he was recommended to stay home at least two days. So, I mean, I guess he did on terms of Friday and Saturday and back on Sunday. So, he was out there. I don't think he looked good, Jimmy. I don't think he looked great on his first day back. Um The offense as a whole, it was kind of like the theme of training camp where the offense just wasn't totally in sync. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, uh, they were getting beat by the defense. Uh, the, Nick Siriani announced that the defense won the first period. I heard him say that mm-hmm. as you, I'm sure you did too. I thought Hertz held onto the ball too long in general. He took like multiple sacks. I don't know if receivers weren't getting open, but still, you know, I've talked about that before in terms of hurt not, Hertz not always throwing guys open. Uh, so yeah, I don't think the offense was good as a whole. There was a scenario, obviously, that the Eagles scripted out. Obviously, I say obviously because you saw it, where the Eagles were down eight points with no timeouts, 45 seconds left to go, and they had the ball at the line, I 25 yard line. Oh, it was the 25? I thought it was the 35. I wasn't sure on that. I, I, really, I think it was 25. Okay. But, uh, yeah, either way, um, Hertz couldn't get the Eagles into the end zone. And there was a couple, there's a couple, like, concerning moments in that drive, or at least one where, like, he checked down to Devontae Smith at one point, uh, I think when they had about, like, 22 seconds left. And, like, it was in the middle of the field, and that ran, like, 15 seconds off yeah, the clock. It wasn't, bit, it
2: wasn't a long game either. So and like, it wasn't for a first down, yeah, I don't think, yeah, either.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't even to move the chain. So that was kind of weird. And then on his final play, uh he tried to fireball into Quez, but it couldn't – uh it was like a bullet, and he couldn't get it in there. It was good coverage. Avante Maddox uh was on Quez, and Jonathan Gannon really liked the coverage there. Um So overall, uh I just don't think it was the best practice for Hurts. Maybe that's, like – he deserves a kind of a break after going through a stomach infection. He's not feeling totally 100, percent so I'm not going to try to kill him for this. But I just didn't think it was great for him. Or the offense as a whole, I kind of thought Joe Flacco outplayed him. Honestly, the
2: one play that I thought he did make that was nice was when he rolled and he scrambled and he got like uh, I don't know, like a 10 to 15 yard gain uh, and he got out of bounds. Um, yeah, and that's we already know we can do that. I'm right. trying to. I'm I'm now just uh, trying to think of how many times he he was in. Hurry up situations last, last year. year, yeah, and
1: none like Other end, than- of end of
2: half situations. This did, was there one against the Saints. I think, yeah, where I think like he actually had a number of long runs.
1: Yeah, uh, but then Elliot missed the field goal. You missed the that short field sounds goal. right. Yeah. yeah,
2: that sounds right to me. Um, but yeah, he uh, he has that obviously in his game where um, in those hurry up situations, if you're going to play like a really like a soft shell defense. Then he can hurt you with his legs and, and get yes. out of bounds and, or slide and get down and, and get up and spike the ball or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, it'll, it'll be interesting to see him in those situations. We really didn't see much of him. We haven't seen much of that in practice either, like the, these hurry up situations. So, yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see. And I think he's smart. Like he's a smart player sure. and he understands, um, you know, uh I think he'll, he'll have like a good understanding of what to do in those Except situations. For the Devontae Smith so, pass, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah, not not a great moment there. But uh I, I do think he he'll, that is something that he'll be good at um, when he gets more experience at it.
1: I think uh for all our criticisms of Flacco, I think he's actually kind of looked good in these situations. Mm-hmm. Like there was the two minute drive. Well, they, the, against the Steelers. Won.
2: Yeah, they, they they won on that one. He found and then, uh, yeah well, high tower kind of. in the back of the end. Well, I mean, well, yeah. I guess they didn't get the two point conversion. Um, yeah, they didn't even they were, like, like, get it off. Eight. Flacco like, <laughs> right. threw it into the
1: dirt. I don't know what happened there.
2: It, no, you know what it was? It was like uh, it was a version of the the classic uh, Andy Reid shovel pass.
1: Hmm. It
2: just looked different. Uh, okay, because he threw it overhand as opposed to shoveling it. Because they ran that. I don't. I know. I know. I've seen that this this summer. I don't know if that was in a game or if it was uh, during one of the practices, but they did run that. You're going to see that this year where they run a version of the Andy Reid uh, shovel pass, but it's an overhand throw by the quarterback.
1: I don't think we got the shovel pass enough under Doug, which is funny. because Yeah, did we get it at all, really? I mean, like maybe a couple times. Maybe listeners can point it out if they remember. I can't remember. It it. was
2: always fun when Andy got around like the two-yard line and you you could shovel pass. And And everyone (laughs) knew it was coming and and they couldn't stop it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, Does he still do that in Kansas City? I think he does I mean, oh okay. they do a lot of stuff Jimmy, yeah. in Kansas City, uh, what's your next thing? Cause i I started off with Hertz,
2: well, I wanted to go back to the wide receivers and and this isn't necessarily from the practice itself um but there's this idea that like the Eagles need to trade for uh like a veteran wide receiver, and um like I kind of don't get it, <laughs> like they like we we've mentioned uh throughout the podcast. They have Devontae Smith. They have Jalen Rager. They have Quez Watkins. Smith and and Rager are both 22 years old. Watkins is 23. Obviously, Smith is a rookie. Those other two guys are in their second year. Like, I want to see what they can do if I'm the Eagles. Like, Mm -hmm. like, why would you bring in some – if you're going to trade for like some – star wide receiver who's going to be a part of your future for the next half decade or more, then that's a different story. But they're not going to do that because they're not going to trade away, you know, some kind of major asset for some like great receiver. So you're adding essentially some kind of mediocre receiver who really is only going to serve to, you know, I mean, he might be better than one of those three guys during the season, during this particular season but what how does that serve you like long term mm-hmm. and like if I'm the Eagles I want to see what I have in Devonte Smith and Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins and let those guys play let them get snaps don't be a progress stopper and like let's let's see what they can do and let's see if they can get better along the way as well too so um it's just something that I don't. I don't know if it's like I don't I don't know if it's just kind of something that's grown out of nothing but it, it is something like when I do like radio hits or TV hits or like Flex. or like uh, like chats or whatever, it is a question that I seem to get like repeatedly. Are they going to you know trade for a veteran wide receiver? And I just don't see any logic in it at all.
1: Jimmy, if the Eagles were all in to win the Super Bowl this year, I would disagree with you. Sure, I'd say get a wide receiver who can play, don't discount on Jalen Right, because like these not looked good enough to right. just bank on. I would say go get someone, but I think, as we've reiterated time and time again, the Eagles are not all in to win the Super Bowl this year. That doesn't, and that doesn't mean they're not trying to win and be competitive. That's not what that. Doesn't mean. Too many double negatives there. I'm not (laughs) saying that, like, they're not trying to win at all. That is, No one is arguing that they're trying to lose. The point, though, is the owner of the team, Jeffrey Lurie, literally said we are going through, quote, like, a real transition period. And he likened it to specifically the 2016 season, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz's first year. It's not an all-in season. It's a season about fact-finding. They're trying to find out, like, what are the long term pieces we have on this team? And that's not something you usually do in a season. You're not trying to find information out as you are trying to win games. Like they're trying to win. Yes. But that's not the only priority. Like it usually is the another priority is finding out, like, who are the building blocks on this team? And part of that is seeing what you have at wide receiver with again, like, uh, like guys you drafted, you, yeah, drafted you, inve- high. you
2: invested, you invested draft resources into these guys, obviously.
1: With in the case of Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, very high too. And yeah. obviously, Quez is a late round guy. Well, but he's like, que- really good. Quez and
2: Hightower were, 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 both, I mean, they, they took two receivers, uh, in that draft with the hope that, you know, one of them would, would turn out. Well, actually, they took three receivers essentially in that draft, sort of in, uh, speed receivers in Hightower, Quez, and they traded a pick for, uh, uh, Marquise Goodwin. So they're hoping yep. that like one of those three guys kind would of. pan out. And Quez might be the one that does. So, like, let's see what he can do. Don't immediately bring Mm -hmm. in a, a veteran receiver and take away snaps from any one of those three guys, whether it's Watkins, Smith, or Rager.
1: Yeah, like, that's the thing. Who are you taking away? Who do you want to lose snaps if you're trading for a veteran <laughs> right. receiver? Like, you don't want it to be Devontae Smith. I don't think anyone is making the case for that. I can't see how you would want it to be Quez, given how all he's shown right. and has, like, earned a starting job. It would be such a slap in the face for him to him to like not let him start after he's basically done everything he can within reason to earn a starting job. And then Rager, you know, obviously I'm not, like, super thrilled about his outlook, but at least let him play and see what he yeah. has mm-hmm. and, like, and evaluate him. So yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as you. With yeah, that.
2: it's it's not again, like like you said, it's not like you're trying to lose or you're not like you're no. not trying to win, but you do have to weigh the I mean you have to balance the the short term and the long term. And the long term makes more far more sense to see what you have in these three wide receivers.
1: All right. So that was your thing. Um my next thing uh it wasn't the most note-filled practice uh jimmy i didn't have a super long list of notes there was some injury stuff mm-hmm. um but i don't think anything too pressing that we have to get to there Uh well andre I dillard of... i guess would be the thing okay. there
2: where he's back sort of he's limited for now sort of so it'll just be interesting to see where he's at in joint practices against the jets like is mm. he going to be a full go against them in joint practices and then he's going to play in the game <laughs> so like uh that could be dicey. I mean, we'll see how he plays, uh, in, in the game and in these joint practices, uh, coming off his, was it a sprained knee? knee? Is that what it was? Um, so yeah, he's, he's at least back a little bit. He participated in individual drills, did not play in 11 on 11s. The other guy that did, that did play was uh, La Raven Clark, who mm-hmm. recently came off the pup list and, um, he was the second team uh left tackle. I didn't focus in on him. I know that you mentioned that he had a, well, a false start, I think. Yeah. Um But, you know, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. A, he's a guy that I'm going to, that I'll be interested in, in taking a look at. Uh, Cause he'll, he'll be he'll for sure. Not for sure, but very likely will be a full participant uh, in joint practices this week. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the table as a potential backup left tackle.
1: And the Eagles with, um, Clark at left tackle, second team, they actually moved Brett Toth to left mm-hmm. guard, which I thought was interesting. Kind of interesting new
2: And Sua to a right guard.
1: Yeah. So, interesting that are kind of shifting the line around the slate and camp. Um, Jimmy, why don't we get into our uh, MVPs, LVPs, play of the day, and then we'll get into some look-ahead Jets talk. Um, so, who was your MVP for Sunday's practice, unless you need <sighs> me to go first?
2: Because uh, so I have a good one. I'm going to go very obscure here. Okay. I'm going to go Josiah Scott. Yeah, that's who I have. (laughs) Yep. He had a nice pick uh, over the middle of Joe Flacco, Mm -hmm. I think. And then uh, later in practice. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it wasn't just some like ball thrown right to him. Like he made a play on that pass. And then uh, he had another play. I believe it was Jack Stoll was trying to bring in a pass over the middle. And he hit Stoll and was able to pop the ball free. So that's a guy that. He's difficult to figure out for me mm-hmm. in terms of putting together the 53-man roster because he's a slot corner only, and he's a reserve. So you typically you want your reserve corners to be able to do both or do multiple things, and he's just a slot corner. So,
1: so it was strapped though. Yeah, right. But I, I don't think
2: that was really a great use of, uh, of a roster spot for him either, uh, and I don't know if they did either. But, uh, he's a guy they did acquire for a six round pick, six round pick in 2023, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they did go out of their way to bring him in. I mm-hmm. assume he was a guy that Dave Caldwell liked. Dave Caldwell was hired with the front office. Is he still with the team, by the way? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So I assume it was just a guy that he liked. He's had like, a. he's made some plays during this camp. Um, he's gotten beat other times, mm-hmm. but he's, uh, he's an interesting player in terms of, Uh, when, when our, when we have our dumb media 53 man roster competition, he's going to be the, uh, maybe a guy that like makes or breaks it for somebody.
1: Yep. Uh, I had him as my MVP for the same reasons as you. Uh, like you said, I think he was not very good against the Patriots last week, or at least I saw him getting beat a little bit uh, during practice or during the game. Uh, in practice, so he's kind of been up and down on the whole. But yeah, just I think a really good practice for him on Sunday. Um, who do you have as your LVP?
2: Why don't you go first? Because I haven't uh, given that thought yet.
1: So I got mine, but go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll see if it's the same as yours. I have to (laughs) give it to Miles Sanders, okay? Because he had another freaking drop, and it's just like, dude, like, like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't, I just don't. It's like, it's a pretty concerning. Again, he led the league in terms of running backs last year and jobs. And he continues to just drop passes like too regularly. And I think he's still going to be, it's it's not even like saying anything new. I think he's gonna be a fantastic runner, but I just seriously question that third down back kind of role for him or his, his ability to contribute in the passing game. Also in another reception, I should note um, in that 45 second crunch time drill, like he didn't get out of bounds. I don't know. So that was on the opposite side of the field. Okay.
2: So yeah, I think what happened on that was uh, the defender took the sideline away and he said, mm-hmm. okay, I'll take a couple extra yards, ran by him, and he would have gotten out of bounds in actual tackle football, but okay. because this was only two-hand touch, they called him down inbounds.
1: Okay, but still, like, <laughs> wasn't the best. And then at one point in practice, he got ridiculed by a coach and a teammate for not being in the right spot and lining up on the offense. Oh, yeah, um, Fletcher Cox yelled out to well, him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> He's like, learn your playbook, Miles. Uh huh. So like just between all that, I'm not again, I'm not out on Miles Sanders. Yeah. I have hope for him, but like, come on, man. Like, I just, w- I wish he had a better training camp. I really do. I think that's fair to say. I think, and I think the Eagles probably wish he's had a better training camp too. Not that he's had a bad one because again, he looks pretty good as a runner, but like it can't just be that. He can't just only be like, he's, a, he's a good runner. Like it has to be more and it just hasn't been. And that's disappointing to me. So he's my LVP. See, yeah. I think,
2: I think he's going to have a good year because I think he looks really good as a runner. Sure. But uh our, I think the frustration with him, of course, as we've noted, is he's not catching the ball well at all. And that was, you know, you mentioned his struggles as a receiver last year. And I think he's got the potential to be like a like one of the one of the best backs in the NFL if he could just put it all together as a runner, as a receiver, and in pass protection. Like he has the ability that he showed as a rookie that he can that he can be very effective catching the ball. He had 50 catches for like five hundred something yards and looked yeah. very good as a receiver. Uh, so we know he can do it. It's just uh, he hasn't caught the ball well. It's actually kind of interesting too. Like in uh, in practice, they they have this huge picture. I'll call it, I guess, with um, sort of like their core values. Sirianni's like a, five core values. Do you know what they are, Jimmy? Uh, well, yes, because I have it right in front of me. Okay, good. <laughs> but they're connect, complete, or excuse me, compete. Uh, accountability football IQ and fundamentals and the four mm. players that they have featured up on this thing are Brandon Graham uh, Rodney McLeod Jason Kelsey and the aforementioned Miles Sanders so Miles mm. Sanders uh made that uh I guess whatever you want to call it but uh yeah poster poster whatever yeah but uh yeah he's uh I, I think I think he looks very good as a runner it's, Agree. Just, it's totally. just it's just uh you know, we're always looking for more <laughs> out of these players when they have the potential to do more. And uh, I don't think he's, hes I mean, he's, he obviously hasn't, he's been disappointing. I'll say as a receiver throughout yes. camp and, and in these games.
1: Well, yeah, it goes back to like, I just don't think it's a great second round pick if he can't develop as a receiver. And it's not a guy you're potentially signing to a, a new contract. If he doesn't develop as a receiver, like this is a long and like, in the going back to what we were saying about, like, trading for a veteran, like, this season is about finding long-term pieces. And Miles Sanders might have a great year, and that's great as a runner, but, like, is he a long-term piece? Because mm-hmm. that's more important to me. And that he hasn't been able to catch the freaking ball, like, gives me doubt about that. So that's why I'm concerned about it. I'm not concerned, again, about his ability to run and be a positive contributor in that aspect. But, again, I just think it has to be more. And on that poster, Jimmy, that you talked about, that replaced the Eagles' Vince Lombardi trophy that they had in the ah, practice yeah, bubble. okay. That's what used to be there in that, that, that big spot. So I thought that was a little interesting. Um, and we kind of like turn the page thing, which is, is good. Good. Turn the page on the Super Bowl because this is not the Super Bowl team. Uh, it's a new era. So there you go.
2: They, uh, they lived off that. They, they, <laughs> they built that for all it was worth.
1: Uh, Jimmy, why don't we take another quick break here? Okay. Because then we'll get into the kind of look ahead. Yeah. For what we well, have let me give you next.
2: my real quick. I'll give you my, uh, LVP. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I have Fulgham. Uh, we already mentioned, you know, he he's yeah. not had a good camp, but also didn't have a good practice yesterday. Uh, he had a drop, as you mentioned. Yep. There's another play where I thought he could have uh, done more to win a contested catch and just didn't. Um, yep. So, yeah, uh, he'd be my guy. Play of the day, real quick. I would just say it was a deep pass down the field from Hertz to Zach Ertz, who okay. we both have agreed has had a good camp despite the thinking that he might – be mopey uh, heading into this camp. He has not been that at all. He has
1: played hard and he's played well. I had my the. Uh, I agree with you on it. And I had Josiah Scott as my play okay, of the day. The pick. Okay. So all right. uh Yeah. So we'll take a break here. Back after this. <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach
2: Tours, Roach trail Tours, Roach trail Tours. Kristen Rocha of Roach Real Tours.
0: She's the greatest.
2: Eight five six nine oh six nine two
0: nine five. Eight
2: five six nine oh six nine two nine
0: five.
2: Nine
1: two Back here on VGN Radio, Jimmy, it's our final segment we have here. So the Eagles had their final practice at the Care Complex facility open to the media uh, fully this summer for the rest of the season on Sunday, but we will be getting to see them on Tuesday and Wednesday up at the Jets practice facility in Florum Park, New Jersey, which we have decided, yes, is North Jersey 100%. Sorry, Diana, uh, Diana Rossini. Um, Jimmy, I guess, what are we looking for in this week ahead? And, oh, also a question, because there's a rumor out there, a report from BGN alumnus, BGN radio alumnus, Mike K and Adam Schefter as well, that the Jets are looking to trade for a mm. pass rusher after losing Carl Lawson for the season, which is significant, by the way, because the Eagles play the Jets this year in the regular season later on, and they won't have Carl Lawson at that point, which is kind of a big loss for the Jets. But they might have a former Eagle on their roster. Could the Eagles... Trade away Derek Barnett. I don't
2: Sweat. see it. Uh, I don't see them trading Josh Sweat because I think the Eagles are going to have a better idea of what his upside is, having watched him dominate at times in camp this year, whereas other teams haven't seen that. So he's not going to be as valuable in the minds of other teams as he will to the Eagles. The Eagles want to see what they have in him this year during the regular season. And then uh, as far as Barnett goes, he would have absolutely been. Um, you know, I mean, the first player, you know, as soon as like the Jets looking for a defensive end, first player you'd think in the league, Derek Barnett, because that, like...
1: <laughs> that was Joe Douglas's first pick with the Eagles. <laughs> yes.
2: And he's playing, uh or he was anyway, on the Eagles salary cap at a little over 10 million uh, on the fifth year option that they exercised. But uh a week or two ago, whatever it was, they restructured his contract where they paid him uh, a signing bonus of... Like they took that his ten million dollar salary and they paid him a signing bonus of like nine million. So his actual salary is a little bit under one million. But uh what they did was they made him very difficult to trade because if mm. you trade him now, uh be- like before they had restructured his contract, they could have just traded him and his contract and it'd been clean. They wouldn't have um there would have been no dead money hit at all. It would have just been a savings of over ten million dollars. Here's Dark Barnett. We'll take a third round pick and return from you, Jets. Thank you very much. Have a good day. But that's not the case anymore. So uh if you trade Derek Barnett, you're uh you're taking a cap hit of like nine million bucks. Um, and that's <laughs> that's that's obviously not good. So uh we'll uh we'll see if there's any movement there. Like I don't see any other defensive ends that the Jets would have interest in uh on the Eagles roster. Joe Osman. Joe Joe Osman, maybe you want you guys want Ryan Kerrigan? Any interest uh, there? So yeah, I, I don't see any kind of deal being worked out uh for an Eagles defensive end uh with the Jets. If they do trade for one, I think it'll be from some other team. That's the
1: seam on the Barnett thing. Um, you know, I like Derek Barnett. I'm not trying to rush him off. He's not had
2: a bad camp necessarily. Real, no. real quick, I will note with Derek Barnett, like he's got that shoulder injury now, which yeah. is day to day which isn't like a big... I think he's actually... Is he limited now or dated? Whatever. It doesn't Day-to-day. matter. So, uh, you know, he'll be back. He'll be ready for the start of the regular season, presumably. But he's had problems with that shoulder before. And yeah. it, it, if it's a continuation of the problems that he had previously, that's not good because he's missed no. significant time with that in the, in the past.
1: Yeah, I just think it's too bad. Because like, I think that would make a lot of sense. To, a trade, like trading him... Uh, in a situation where okay, the Eagles are looking at this like we're probably not going to resign both Barnett and Sweat, which they can in theory, but it might not be the most realistic in terms of cap allocation, and then also the players' desires. Like, does Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett like do both of them want to be back together? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you think like No, I don't want to, you know, be back if I have to kind of split playing time. I want to be the starter. I want to be the guy. Um, so that's something to consider. But, but yeah, Jets I just have eleven be
2: picks a- in twenty twenty two. By the way
1: that's what i was just about to say yeah the jets oh, have okay. and they have two <laughs> seconds so it's like i could see uh one of those being used in that kind of deal and and also they have two firsts so that makes me think they'd be even more willing to part with one of those seconds for a player since they have right. all these picks anyway and i feel like you know in theory they could have traded for barnett let's say and then sign him to an extension um but <laughs> won't be happening now yeah because yeah. of what you outlined so uh not great um but you know uh howie roseman and joe douglas will be talking i'm sure this week and they'll get a look at each other's players so that's always another uh angle to joint training camp practices getting the close-up look uh like the eagles did once upon a time right with jay Ajayi, who they eventually traded for in 2017 so uh any other things that you're looking for i guess jimmy at these jets joint joint training camp practices? yeah I'll,
2: I'll hit the uh, easy one here it's just a continuation of What Jalen Hurts showed in the first set of joint practices where I thought he very, very clearly outplayed Cam Newton and Mac Jones in those joint practices. Um, As a continuation of that, like I think, well, I mean, in those practices, I thought he showed, you know, command of the offense and he was more accurate in those practices than he had been uh, throughout the start of training, like early in training camp. I mean, there there was that one practice where I've never seen the offense play as poorly as it did that one day. And they had other days where the offense was just very uh I mean, just really bad. And he's he's and he wasn't all to blame for that, but um he he's gotten a lot better as training camp has has gone along, and particularly in those two open you know, those two practices with the Patriots. Uh I thought he played pretty well. And uh as a continuation of that, we it would be nice to see that again uh against the Jets. And then for him to actually play in the game <laughs> against the Jets and mm. uh, perform well in that would be uh, I think a nice confidence builder, not just for him, but for the team around him to believe that they can, you know, win games during the regular season. I think it's important that that they put together, you know, one last little stretch here in these two practices in the game.
1: If Jalen Hurts is not outperforming Zach Wilson and Mike White and James Morgan and Josh Johnson, that would be a little concerning. Um, I agree with you. You kind of I was going to ask you, you mentioned it in there, like, should Jalen Hurts play? in Thursday night's preseason game? And I feel like yes. Yes. Oh, I yeah. Like I don't yes. think there's... I don't think it's even a debate. It's between, like, not playing last week when right. we thought he would have and the extra layoff this year from the final preseason days. game. Yeah, yeah. Until week one, like that's just too long of a time. I feel because like. like if he doesn't play, he won't. He will not have played since what the Steelers game, <laughs> like like almost a month or over a month from that Steelers game until uh, week one. Now, obviously, the joint training camp practices have been in there, but still, it's just that's a practice. It's not game action. So get him yeah, in and out, I like, like just for yeah.
2: for the purpose of like playing at a, in a road stadium and you know going sure. through the motions of of getting ready for. A road game because your, your first your first game of the season is also a road game obviously in atlanta so get them just used to that Start them, and i think maybe you just do the same thing that you did in the steelers game where it's yeah it's two series and done get them out
1: yep i totally agree with that um what i'm looking for is obviously hurts like that's the big thing um but you know i'm gonna keep my eye specifically on jalen Rager too because you know he had those moments in one-on-ones which is great and fine but like Please, Jalen Riger, show me something in Team Drills. Mm-hmm. Now we did have a bunch of catches on Sunday, but they were like all underneath and shorter stuff and like I don't know. Not like particularly noteworthy to me. They're kinda like, you know, three yard, four yard catch here and there. It's like it wasn't anything like it wasn't anything especially noteworthy to me to write about. Like that's fine. He wasn't dropping him, so that's good. Um and he was working out out of the slot a little bit, which okay. Um but yeah. So I guess him uh defensively, what do I want to see? Um, I mean, I feel like it's probably concerning again if like the Jets defense or sorry the Jets offense with a rookie Zach Wilson and not like a bunch of amazing players on that team is just like carving up the Eagles defense yeah. I don't expect that to happen but if it does that will be a little concerning to me Um anything on that side of the ball
2: so I guess uh this is more just generally speaking but I wonder does, does, does it matter if they win or not because if they don't they'll be winless for the preseason so I'd actually look at uh, hmm. the uh the records of the teams that during the regular season that had gone winless during the preseason and i looked at a sample size of the last 10 preseasons from 2010 to 2019 and what i found was that it didn't really matter like <laughs> the teams that uh that went winless during the preseason some of them had good seasons some of them had bad seasons the overall winning percentage was something like Four seventy-eight 78 or something like that. So a little below 500. Uh, but it, it just, there wasn't anything uh, overwhelmingly, uh, I guess, uh, there was an, o- an overwhelming takeaway that teams that don't win games in the preseason are doomed to have this terrible regular season. So I don't think that matters all that much. And then also from the Eagles' perspective, like they looked, as Nick Sirianni put it, crisp in the first half, which is what mattered. During the Steelers game, and they looked sloppy in the second half, uh, we already sort of a little bit excused some of the, you know, what went on in the Patriots debacle in the second game, although I think we both agree that it mattered some. Uh, Mm -hmm. In this third game, we certainly want to see them look better heading into the regular season, but ultimately, I don't think it matters if they win or not. It just matters if the first team offense is able to move the ball, um, show that they can, you know, create separation, block it up. Uh, you know move the chains etc cetera, etc cetera. and for the defense again like you said not to get lit up by an offense that isn't particularly you know like a, a juggernaut by any stretch uh so just a solid performance but it doesn't really matter if the if the score ends up being if the eagles have fewer points at the end of the night than the jets
1: um i'm seeing here on twitter um Something from ESP that said, yes, the Eagles should try to trade for Denzel Mims. I just want to remind everyone that Denzel Mims called the, uh, Philadelphia a dirty-ass, trash-ass city last <laughs> year um, and didn't want to go there. So maybe don't trade for that guy. Um, to your point about the preseason mattering, uh, I wasn't trying to throw shade there on ESP, by the way. I'm just trying to like remind people that like Denzel Mims, <laughs> like, we don't have to be like, let's acquire that guy. <laughs> By the way, he doesn't look good in Jets training camp, apparently, which is why presumably he's available. Anyway, that was a tangent. But, Jimmy, uh, on the Eagles preseason performance, I kind of have an assignment for you that I feel like you're not going to do, but okay. I feel like might be more noteworthy than the record. And, like, how have the teams with the worst point differential in the preseason done okay. in the past? Because that's what the All Eagles right. have right now, right?
2: They're, they're minus 43 in their first two games, which is the worst in the NFL.
1: And they are, what, 52 and 0 in their last six quarters, which is funny, by the way, because before the game on, uh, Thursday yeah. night, Jimmy, I tweeted out that, uh, the Eagles had a strong press box spread, which, at least I thought between the pulled pork and the burn ends and everything. I mm-hmm. liked that a lot. Thought it was good. Good job by the Eagles. And I had tweeted out kind of, you know, like, oh, I feel really good about the Eagles tonight. They're going to win by 52 points because, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl 52 and they're playing the Patriots. Yeah. And then it turns out that, They have been outscored by 52 points in their last six quarters. So I think it's when it gets to that point that that's not great. Like that doesn't, that number doesn't seem like kosher to me. Like you gotta be a little bit better than that. I feel like, uh, like their depth is just getting obliterated. Like we're just seeing that happen. It's like they're not even standing a chance. So, uh, somebody actually
2: had replied. So so, sorry to cut you off, but like I I had, uh, you know, I put that. You know, the, this, this stat up of the regular season records, uh, after one of uh-huh. those Somebody replied that there's actually somebody did a study, um, where there was a line of demarcation at, I think it was actually 43 just for points scored. So if like you didn't score, uh, over 40 something, I think it was 43, but 40 something points during the preseason in its mm-hmm. entirety, you didn't make the playoffs. And it was a pretty mm. decent sample size of teams yeah. like, um, I think it was uh, like around 30 teams, uh, you know, since whatever date they used. Um, But like (laughs) none of those teams made the playoffs. So I thought that was at least kind of interesting. Uh, Obviously, that doesn't really apply to this year because there's only three preseason games as opposed to four. So that magic number kind of can't really be used anymore. But I think just the, the general point is that if you if the offense isn't putting any points on the board during the preseason, then that's not really great. And they, haven't done, and they haven't done that yet,
1: really. Well, and, and the offense also hasn't been, you know, super awesome in practice either. Yeah, it's so. been
2: one Quez Watkins play, and then beyond that, it's been a couple field
0: goals.
1: Right. And, you know, again, vanilla, all that, all those caveats, all the starters not playing for all the time, and some of them missing, blah, 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 all those things considered, we know. Um, any final thoughts, Jimmy, before we wrap up?
2: Uh, looking forward to get up to Jets uh, training camp up in Florham Park.
1: Um back to your stomping grounds.
2: Yeah, of. I used to live like a town or two over from there in Springfield, New Jersey. It's a nice mm. little area, of the uh, state up there. So, uh looking forward to that. And uh yeah, the season's right around the corner. I mean, we just mm. you just mentioned a minute ago, 16 days from the final preseason game until the regular season. So, as we sit here now, what are we at? Like basically like three, well, we're we're recording this on uh what's today? Monday. Monday morning. So, we got 20 days until the Eagles First actual game in Atlanta and uh, some things along the way, like final cuts uh, is next Tuesday. So it's, you know, we're gonna, we got a little, a little busy work uh, over the next three weeks uh, leading up to the season. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, let's get this season going. Yep. Ready to see it. Let's see what the product is. Uh, not that far away.
1: Not that far away. We will be here with you for our daily post practice Podcast recaps on Tuesday and Wednesday. The Jets practices. Jimmy and I will both be there covering it. So stay tuned here on BleedingGreenNation.com and the podcast feed here, BleedingGreenNation podcast feed, and PhillyWish.com for Jimmy's practice notes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowden, follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky, follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at BleedingGreen, and then the podcast on Twitter. It's a lot of Twitter, I know, at BGN underscore radio. Uh, you can check out Right to Sell on Craft Turkey by going to Right to Sell using discount code BGN. 15. You can check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors by going to com, or giving the phone number. Jimmy? 856-906-9295. And you can check out uh, a bunch of other stuff uh, in terms of NFL coverage, a bunch of other stuff. Good job by me. If you want a bunch of other stuff, you can go check out some place, and that place will have it. Um, no, the SB Nation NFL show for all of our NFL coverage. We're talking about Carson Wentz on there because Carson Wentz returned to Colts practice, apparently, or is today, although in a limited capacity. So that's good news for the Eagles. So a lot of things going on with the NFL season ramping up, of course. Uh, check it all out. Rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. We'll get to your questions that we've been maybe missing. If you have left some of the reviews, we'll get to those. If you leave a question, we will absolutely answer it. So we owe you some of those. Uh, but until next time, Jimmy. Goodbye, everybody.
0: P-G-N.